Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. Tune in each week with Drew and James to hear a relevant conversation about a biblical topic. Thanks for joining. Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. I'm Drew. And I'm James. We're going to be talking about the church. We started talking last week about the church and what the church is. This week we're going to talk about the mission of the church. So let's just jump right in. Are you ready? I'm ready. Perfect. So we talked about what the church is uh, and what the church is has a major influence on what the church does. So what is it that the church does? Yeah. I think this is a hard question in some senses because we don't want... We we want want more than what Scripture tells us, I think, um, for the church to be. So what does a church do? I think an easy answer is the church worships Jesus Christ. And so the word, though they do that by gathering weekly as the church on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, um, because that's the day that Christ rose. Um, they preach the gospel. They care for one another. They administer the sacraments and they pray together. And I think that's a very good definition of what the church does. Now, is the church going to do other things? Certainly. Uh, but this is, I think, this is if a church isn't doing these things. Then I think we need to go back to the question we asked last time: Is it, what is a church, right? Because the what the church is has a heavy influence on what a church does and what a church, you know, is is the, what the business of the church is, so to speak. Um, so, or the mission of the church, I guess we could use that terminology. So, does the church have a mission? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think about the Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight: Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations. What are they to do? baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And Jesus says he's with us always to the end of the earth. So th- think about those. What The last words to Jesus or that Jesus gives to his disciples is not, hey, go you know, start a community garden. You know, Go start a uh, feeding group or a feeding ministry. Hey, go build a hospital. All of those are wonderful things. Our right. church does some of those things. What does Jesus say? Go make disciples baptize them, teach them. So what is the mission of the church? Teaching people, evangelizing people, making disciples, baptizing people, teaching them what Jesus is doing. If you're ch- or teaching them what Jesus taught. If your church is doing those things, uh, I think you see that your church has a biblical mission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the Great Commission. Where else can we find all of that? In the Bible, because we definitely want to dig into the Word of God. Matthew 28, uh, you know, we see the Great Commission, Jesus, as he's leaving his disciples there. And then Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is a is a really wonderful um, passage just to see the earliest recollection of what the church is, how it how it is formed, how me- I think membership is, uh, is described there in the adding of 3,000 people, bab- them being baptized that very day. Yeah. Um, all those different kinds of things are present there. Want to say something about the Book of Acts, though, because a lot of Christians want to trace every practice back to the Book of Acts and say, "Hey, the early church did this, so that we need to do that." And I think it's I think that's a wonderful sentiment, you know, that we want to be as biblical as possible. But the Book of Acts is a transitional period in salvation history. So, for example, Acts chapter five, um, you have Ananias and Sapphira coming to the church and saying hey, we sold this piece of land for this amount of money, and here it is. Yeah. When actually they sold it for more money and kept back some of them for themselves. What happens to Ananias and Sapphira? They die right there on the spot. Yeah. 
okay, we we don't trace every aspect of our church life back to Ananias and Sapphira. Our churches would have much fewer members, <laughs> right? Because some of them would be dead. Like if that if every time you told a lie uh, that were every time you gossiped or every time something uh, you know that you shouldn't have said was said in the life of the church, it'd be pretty rough. So what's going on there in Acts chapter five? That's a that's a that's a picture that God wants His church to be pure. Um, that you know, it's, church discipline is is severe in that way in Acts chapter five, in a way that it's not in the rest of the book. So we want to be careful in Acts that we don't just say, "Hey, Acts did this," or the, the the apostles in Acts did this, so we must therefore always do this. At the same time, you do find some very consistent things throughout the book of Acts that every time you see the church like gathering or the church meeting, they're doing the same kinds of things. Praying, listening to the apostles preach, uh, caring for the afflicted among them, you know, those different kinds of things. So I think it's a good, it's a good rule of thumb if you see a, a pattern repeated in the book of Acts. That's something that maybe should be held on to and say this is the normative practice for the church. But if you see something wild, I mean, you know, um, the apostles walking down the street and healing, you know, healing someone who needs healing. Uh, that's incredible. That, that you know, that's miraculous. God be praised for that. Is that must that be our normal everyday experience? Like, hey, if you didn't heal someone on a Monday, you might not be a Christian. I don't think that's a wise way to read the book of Acts. You know, so just just thinking about some of that. Also, if you see it. In the later epistles of the New Testament, Paul's letters, something like that, Paul giving instructions that mirror what's going on in the book of Acts, that's a really good sign. Hey, this is something that the church should be doing. With that disclaimer aside, I think Acts 2, 42-47, let me just read it. It says, They, that's the church, devoted themselves to four things, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So I want to start there at Acts 2.42 and then kind of work out from there. What is it that the church was doing in Acts 2.42? What was the quote-unquote mission of the church? Listening to the apostles' teaching, which what do the apostles taught? We teach, we talked talk about this last week. If you go and read the sermons of the apostles in the book of Acts, they're primarily reflections and meditations on the Old Testament and how Christ is the old is the fulfillment of the Old right. Testament prophecies. So they're they're listening to teaching about Jesus from the apostles. Um, there are no apostles today, but we still have access to the same teaching that the apostles did in reading the scripture, reading the word of God. Second thing, to the fellowship, right? That's a partnership with one another. Um, and I think you see that played out there in the selling of possessions and the having things together in common, that it wasn't like, hey, Drew and James show up to church on Sunday, and hey, James, I'll see you next week. Hope everything goes well. And But throughout the week, you know, or throughout the, the time where I know you, if you have a need, I'm helping to meet your need and vice versa. Like, that's the that's the idea there of the church, that it's a body. Uh, the third thing is the breaking of bread, and uh, we, we see that there, that day by day they were in their homes together breaking bread, that they didn't just, um, again, show up to a, a service on Sunday morning, but they had community with each other that extended even to their tables in their homes. 
And the fourth thing is the prayers. And you know, prayer is just a a mark of a of a if any of any church with any kind of health um, is that a church prays together, whether that's in small groups, whether that's a, a prayer meeting, whether that's you know times of prayer devoted in a Sunday morning service, something along. And ideally, all of those things uh, are are in view there. But that's I think one of the areas that we see the church doing what the church is meant to do is those kinds of things. Yeah. And how do we take that and use that practically day in day out? Yeah. Um, there's a fine balance between churches trying to do everything for the sake of the gospel yeah. and then realizing that's such a daunting task that they don't do really really anything for the sake of the gospel, that it's us for no more, and that's that's kind of the idea that's there. So none of us can do everything for the sake of the gospel, okay? We can't, you know, our church can't have a thriving, you know, uh, children's ministry and a thriving feeding ministry and a thriving, you know, we ha- we actually do have a community garden where we plant vegetables and give them away to people in our community. We can't do that and have like a counseling center here and like all the build a hospital, you know, on the in the church days of the week. You know, we can't do everything. And so just need to realize that. But we don't simply give up our hope, give up hope and say, well, I can't do anything for the sake of the gospel. Uh, we can all do some things for the gospel, but I'm going to say the most important thing, if your church is not doing those four things that we see in Acts 2, gathering together to hear the preaching of the word, praying together, fellowshipping together, breaking bread together, those kinds of things, if that's not the emphasis of your church, if that's not being done, and be, I would say being done well in your church, but you're doing all these other things I would say you've got your priorities a little bit out of out of order or out of step there. We don't just simply give up, uh, give up our hope and, and throw up our hands in exasperation because, well, we, you know, I, I want to do all of these all of these things, but I don't have time or effort to do them, or they're not successful. Well, you can always do something as the church that is successful, praying. Yeah. You know, praying is always a success. It is always a win, and that is the thing that often gets pushed to the end of our schedules, whenever we get busy, whenever we feel like, hey, I need to be doing something as a Christian, so often we're, you know, we're led to, hey, I want to go on a mission trip, or I want to go serve in this way. Maybe the thing you need to do as a Christian is just to pray, you know, to be devoted to that, to to read the Bible. Every time you read the Bible, that's a win in the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Fellowshipping, all right, and here's kind of where the rubber meets the road. Every time you spend time with another Christian, whether that's praying with them, or whether that's reading the Scripture with them, that's a win. You're carrying out some of the mission of the church at that point. Um, so if your church isn't doing those things, if those things aren't being done, I think you need to go back and question, well, what is what is the church actually supposed to be? Um, the most important thing that the church does to proclaim and protect the gospel is to gather regularly under the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments. That's the number one thing that the church is supposed to do. Everything else flows out from that. And I think in our culture, we've seen a reversal, maybe, of some of these things, where, you know, I I love student ministry, I love youth group, but if your church isn't preaching the gospel rightly and isn't, you know, practicing the sacraments rightly, whatever kind of youth group you're going to have is not actually going to help fulfill the the mission of the church. It might actually compete against it. Uh, So, Getting those things right, and maybe having a student ministry that flows out of that, but that is under that. But that's the most important thing that a church does: is regularly gathering, gathering together. And that might, you know, and I'm not saying I hate student ministry. I love student ministry. I was in, did, did it for a number of years. Um, but I, I think you can see, you know, hey, you get a bunch of teenagers at the church on a Wednesday night for a pizza party, and uh, you know, you play a bunch of really great fun games, and that's all well and good. 
But if the gospel's not front and center, if the church isn't being you know built up through that, if you're not seeking to make disciples through that, um, maybe we've mismanaged our priorities there. Yeah, and a lot of this we're talking about inside of the church. Yeah, um, you know what about uh, what about charities and programs? Uh, you know, in the community and outreach and stuff like that. Um, how how are those j- just as good of an outreach as what? what how, how yeah, do you do that? I think that's a really good question, James. I think that it's great for members of local churches to also be members of local communities. Um, you know, if you have, uh, for example, in our community, we have a local pregnancy center, and our church partners with them. Um, but rather than me standing up and saying, "Okay, on this day at this time." The whole church is going to go over there and do this thing, which we yeah. do sometimes. I would much rather say, "Hey, you church members who live in this community, where in your schedule, you know, this week, can you find time to serve your community at the pregnancy center?" And we have several members of our church who have stepped up to help volunteer there, and that's their own. That's their own Christian thing. That's not like a church thing. Like, I'm not calling them to check on them and say, "Hey, did you go to the pregnancy center this week?" Right. So I, I think we want to maintain a healthy balance. Your church has, you know, a community literacy program, you know, where you go after school and teach kids how to read. That's awesome. I would rather send Christians into something good that's already being done mm-hmm. that, and them take the gospel with them to go do that thing than for the church to develop its own thing. You know what I mean? So let's just take, you know, the community literacy program. I mean, we could start an after-school program at our church, you know, and, you know, try to get kids here that would be involved in that or something along those lines. And that would be a good thing for some church somewhere to do. But if there's already one down the street, you know, there's already a community literacy program there, I think a better idea would be to take the Christians who are gathering at the church and have them go spend their time just as citizens, as Christians, and take the gospel with them when they go, Rather than for us to start some a, a Christian organization or a Christian ministry, I, you know, I, I've seen churches that they have their own fitness complex, you know, a Christian gym, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I have no problem with fitness. I have no problem. And maybe there's a real need for that in that particular community. Um, but I think a better idea is to, as a Christian, to go join just a regular gym and take the gospel and get to know people at the regular gym and take right. the gospel with you when you go. That that whole idea that's there. One thing I want to I want to ask about like things that the church does necessarily um, whether it's a you know a charity ministry all those kinds of things a question i like to ask is if the gospel was not true could do, does doing this thing still make sense and if i can answer that question like affirmatively then that is not something that the church should be devoting the majority of its time to. So to give you, to give you a very clear example, um, we, like I said, we have a community garden here uh, where we plant vegetables and we give them away. And the hope and the intention with that is that when we give the vegetables away, when people show up here, we're able to minister to them, to tell them about the church, to hopefully pray with them, share the gospel with them, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Remove that element from it. Does, does the community garden still make sense? Actually, yes, it does. So whatever whatever I'm going to say about the garden, that's not the mission of the church. Right. There might be something that's okay for the church to be involved in, uh, but it, where I'm going to spend my time and my energy and my resources is not in that, but in the Acts chapter 2 kind of things, of preaching the Word, praying together, worshiping together, singing together, all those different kinds of things. That is part of the mission of the church, because that's the mission of making disciples. So we want to talk about these things in, in, term, in terms of, in terms of, of ministries, if the gospel were not true and you could still do the thing you're doing without any changing of it, 
then I would say what you're engaging in is actually not the mission of the church. Mm. Um, what you're engaging in is actually something that might be a really good thing. Um, but you know, if it's something that non-believers could see and do, and you know, going to going to an underprivileged place in an underprivileged uh, country, you know, and and building bathrooms for them, that's a really good thing. And Christians maybe should be involved in that. Um, but if you're not able to share the gospel in that, if the gospel doesn't have to be true for you to go and do that, I would just really consider what what it is that you're doing uh, there as as it relates to the mission of the church. Yeah. I want to be, and I, I don't want to be offensive here to people because you know a lot a lot of people do a lot of really good things that they see as um, gospel ministries. What what I'm saying is, Christians take the gospel wherever it is that you go. Yeah. But don't expect the church to organize things um, that necessarily um, necessarily meet some of those things that might be close to or needs in your own heart. So yeah. I would rather a church member go volunteer their time at a soup kitchen or a feeding ministry than I would for the church to start one. Yeah. Because I think that can become a distraction from what the church is supposed to do. So we might have this feeding ministry that runs, you know, takes up a bunch of time and a bunch of a bunch of effort um, and a bunch of our, you know, church budget, church space, all that kind of stuff. People might be more interested in that than they would be in, you know, listening to the preaching and teaching of the word and, and yeah. gathering together to pray together. Does that make sense? Does that raise any questions that, for no, you? No, I'm going to tell you what, man. Uh, one of the things that really stood out to me when when you and I were talking, uh, this has probably been a year ago, we were talking about um, theater. And so my wife is a huge theater person. She loves to direct, yeah. she loves to act, sing, and all that stuff. And so one of the things I thought about with, uh, we had a young lady here that loves the same thing. It was like, hey, maybe we should do some kind of play or something. And what you brought out was amazing. The fact that if we did a play here, if we had a play and we put it on and we spent all this money and we spent all this time, the people that come are most likely going to be the families and the friends of the people that are in it. And that's, that's great. But there's a community theater right, right down the road. And how much better would it be to say, hey, I want you to get involved with them. If there's any way that we can help you get involved and take the gospel with you, yeah. there's going to be a multitude of more people involved in that community theater that need to hear the gospel, yeah. and you can take it there. Right. And I think that's just, I, I don't think, I'll try to be con like easy when I say this. We have taken church sometimes and turned it into a business. Yeah. And so any way we can bring more stuff into ours and keep it inside. Right. Um, that's what a lot of churches I've seen have yeah. done. And so this is almost a new concept, I feel like, for yeah. some people. It's like, yeah. oh, no, let's let's not just do that in the church. Let's take it out to, to, the, to yeah. the sinners, because that's what Jesus would have done. Right, and I think, I think the church is a sending organization. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a destination. And so, I mean, it's a destination for preaching and teaching. It's for, for Christians to be equipped. But when they're equipped, what do we expect them to do? Something inside the four walls of the church? Well, not necessarily. I'd rather them to go uh, somewhere, you know, to a, to a local school and mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, minister to the teachers that might be there, th those different kinds of things. Like I said, a pregnancy center or something. You know, doing good works, uh, but not just the works that the church could 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 be doing, taking the gospel with them uh, somewhere else. And I, I think, to, to use that example, James, of the, the theater there, I think you actually might be undercutting your your membership at that point because the time that they're there at the church feeling like they're doing ministry right mm -hmm. by preparing for this play or preparing for this thing um you know that that's they feel like that's a ministry of the church 
is time that they are not spending at the church being equipped. It's time that they're spending at the church, but not spent, you know, devoted to prayer, devoted to discipleship. I'd much rather them say, hey, when I go to church, I'm being uh, poured into, I'm being discipled, I'm being trained, I'm being encouraged. But then when I go to rehearsal, I'm just taking the gospel with me there to yeah. see how I can, you know, be- befriend people. And, you know, um, inviting your church members to come and watch you perform. And then after the performance, you know, hey, maybe there's all these people here that came to watch you perform and the other people in the play. Like, why are there all these people? Here? Well, these are my these are my friends and family. You know, these are my people I go to church with. Like, what a great collective witness that would be. And that witness would not be present if we just did our own thing. So I just want to be be careful about that. The goal of the church is not culture transformation and that, hey, let's let's take back, um, you know, bring back the good old days, so to speak. You know, you've heard that terminology. Uh, The goal of the church is gospel transformation of individuals and then sending those individuals back out into a world that hates them. Sending them into a world that killed Jesus so that they might tell some Christ loves them and died for them, that they might be saved. So we miss out, I think, on some gospel opportunities. And I want us to be careful here because some might, some people might hear what I'm saying as the mission of the church is not this and this and that. They would be saying, well, you're just you're not doing any kind of outreach. No, 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 I, I, I'm all for outreach. Uh, but I think the, the energy that the church is to devote is not necessarily to these extra special things that we might do. But to the regular, ordinary things that we that we would give time and attention to, and what I've seen in my experience in churches is that you do all these extra special things, and they get all kinds of attention to the detriment of your regular, ongoing teaching, preaching, prayer kind of ministries. Yeah. And I just want you know, what's more important? Yeah, uh, to put on a great fall festival. No problem with fall festivals, right? It's a great, wonderful thing. But if that's at the sacrifice of your your church, you know, your 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 worship service, your uh, your your prayer and your teaching ministry. I think you have a hard time justifying that from the pages of the New Testament. Yeah. Does that bring up any further? Yeah, well, one thing I'm thinking is, can that mission limit the church's witness to the community? I think it can, but I don't think it has to. Um, I think that I think that there are you know there are plenty of good reasons why um, limiting your church's involvement in some things, doing fewer things, can actually further your opportunity. So just you know. Take with me a, a, a regular weekly schedule of a church, okay? Sunday morning, you've got a couple of, you know, maybe two hours at church with a, you know, maybe a discipleship time in the morning, a group time, Sunday school, and then you got your worship service. Um, most churches don't have a Sunday night thing, um, but, you know, in the good old days, that was kind of a thing. So imagine you have a Sunday night service. Um, you've got a Wednesday night program. You know, a lot of churches have extensive Wednesday night programming, and then you've got an event on uh, on Saturday morning that you've got to you'd be involved in at the church, maybe some kind of feeding ministry or something like that. What you've done there is you have uh, dominated your church members' calendar process so that they really don't have time to make those kinds of relationships like you would make being involved at the theater, that you would make being involved at the, you know, uh, at a community uh, community club of some sort. You wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, join a, a, a community softball league and to make friends, you know, jo- go, you know, join a, join a regular old gym and take the gospel with you. So I think sometimes we've made Christianity to be, I'm really busy with things going on at the church rather than leveraging a few times a week, you know, hey, so you still got your Sunday morning thing, that's the Lord's day, spend that to the best of your ability. 
But if there's nothing on Sunday night, what would it look like for you to say, hey, Sunday evenings, we're going we're gonna to do what Acts 2 says, and we're going to have dinner with other members of our church. Um, you know, maybe have a couple people get together, do a kind of potluck thing. Maybe invite a neighbor over for that. Wouldn't that be a good use of your time there, leveraging your leveraging even your calendar with regular ordinary stuff, but taking the gospel into those things, rather than saying, no, I can't have my neighbor over for dinner tonight because I got this thing at the church. There's always going to be things at the church, right? That's, that's just a part of being involved in the life of a church. Um, but the extra things that the church does sometimes can actually interfere with the mission of the church rather than helping to accomplish the mission of the church. Let me give you one quick example here. I think this is funny. Um, I hope you do too. I was driving down the road here in town, and there's a church with a church sign, and I I think all churches should just get rid of their church signs um, because I think they've done more to embarrass than they have to, like, I want to hear the person who's been, like, converted or been like like you know roped into being involved at a church via a church sign. I want to hear that. Um, your church signs should tell you what time you worship on Sunday. That's the most important thing. So I'm driving by this church and I see this church sign and it says birthday potluck January 23rd. All right, it's coming up in just a, I think next week or something like that. Might be this week. Uh, it's tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so it tells you what day it is. Okay. Am I against birthdays? No, I have one every single year. Am I against potlucks? No. I, you know, as often as I can be at a potluck, I'm going to be at a potluck. Yeah. Um, am I against you know, combining those two things together, someone having, birth, having a birthday party? No, I'm not. January 23rd is Sunday, and from my understanding of this sign, of reading this sign, what it sounds like is that this church has replaced its— and I, could, I could be wrong in my assumptions here— is that this church has replaced its Sunday morning gathering with a birthday potluck for this individual. Why would they do that? Well, in the hopes, I think, that they can get people who would not regularly come to their church to be a part of their church for this birthday potluck. I think that's really short-sighted. Because what's the mission of the church? I love birthdays, love potlucks, love birthday potlucks. The mission of the church is not to have birthday potlucks instead of going to the church. The mission of the church is to preach and to pray and to equip, and to disciple. Um, if you want to have a potluck after church with members of your church, hey, and then maybe that is what this one church is doing, and I'm misunderstanding, uh, but just from reading the church sign, that's what I, that's what I take it to mean. Um, and that might seem like a really good opportunity or a really good idea. For example, I know this past year, uh, October 31st was um, on a Sunday. Uh, you know, Halloween, Reformation Day, whatever you want to go with, was on a Sunday. I know a lot of churches in our area have a really, really big you know, fall event, a fall festival, things like that. No problem with that. But if you're if you have people that are not coming to your church service on Sunday morning so that they can go, then go and serve at your fall festival, you've missed it. Yeah. We've we've missed the mark there. Because one of those things is of much more eternal significance than the other. And so, you know, birthday potluck, maybe you're doing that so people will come inside the four walls of your church. What you should be doing is preaching and praying and singing and worshiping God and equipping your members so that they can go maybe then back to their house and have a birthday potluck and be able to take the gospel with them and share the gospel with people. Because God blesses the ordinary means of grace. It's not that God doesn't need our special things. He needs our regular, ordinary, faithful obedience. And I think for me, in the Christian life, this is incredibly freeing. There's not all these extra things that I have to be involved in. Yeah. I need to do a few things, do them consistently, and seek to do them well, um, and God's going to bless those things. And I, I genuinely think that's the witness of the New Testament. You look at there in Acts 2, day by day, 
Yeah. Every day, the numbers are being added to. What are the people doing? Regular stuff, preaching, praying, uh, sitting under the Word, fellowshipping with one another, loving on one another, and God is blessing their efforts there. Uh, I think you see that as the regular pattern throughout the New Testament. So I think that helps us just kind of understand what the mission of the church actually is and yeah. what it isn't. So uh, maybe you have some ministry at your church, and you're like, hey, I, I wonder if this is a part of the missional DNA, if you want to use that terminology, uh, of the church. You know, is this something the church should be doing? I'd again just ask you the question, if Jesus never rose from the dead, would it still make sense for me to do this? And if you can answer that with a yes, I would say that's probably not actually a gospel ministry. It might be something you could take the gospel into, yeah. but it's not something the church should be waving the flag and saying, this is the thing, this is the way to exercise your faith. Any closing thoughts or comments on that? No, I think it's, like I said, I think it's almost a new concept for churches. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been to several churches, and that it... It raises the, like you said, it just raises a flag and says, okay, well, 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 wait, what are we doing? What are we really focused on here? And are we being the church or are we just being busy? Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's, you know, important to say that every church needs to have some kind of outreach, you know, some kind of way, you know, the the community should know that the church cares about the community. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not that we're against, you know, any kind of community involvement or community betterment um, in that way, like, um, but it just needs to be not the main, not the main thing that the church is known for. The main thing right. the church needs to be known for is the preaching ministry, the teaching ministry, the the members loving and caring for one another, um, the prayer ministry of yeah. the church. And if those things are primary, I believe God's going to bless that ordinary means of grace. And He might not bless it in ways that we necessarily see or that we necessarily expect. Uh, but God's going to be praised by the faithfulness of His church and the faithfulness of, of His members there. Yeah, and I think that God's given each of us a gifting. Yeah, you know, and we're good at something. And so taking what we learn in the doors of the church and, and being discipled yeah. and doing these things, fellowshipping, we just take those and apply them to our gifting. I think of Peter being a fisherman. You know, he still went fishing sure. after uh, he was with Jesus, but then Jesus was able to say, hey, cast it on the other side, cast it on the right side. And when he did, he was allowing that. He had to bring other boats in. So right. he probably spread the gospel right there out on the boats. You know, sure. And so allowing God to use our gifting uh, it may actually benefit us more in the example of my wife with theater. Sure. She's not great at doing, you know, book cook, bookkeeping. And right. so if you had her at the church spending hours of, hey, I need you to keep up with this. I need you to do this. I hope nobody's, at, I hope nobody's doing that for hours <laughs> for us at the church. That sounds so boring. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. her gifting is out there. So right. being able to say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to use someone else's gifting that may be good at the did bookkeeping. You, did you know that's what I'm preaching? Tomorrow. I had no clue. Well, there you go. That's awesome. And another reason you should come to church tomorrow is Peter. <laughs> I guess I'll be there. Pe- yeah, is Peter casting the nets. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I'm, good. Anyways, yeah, now that just kind of came to me. That's awesome. All right, yeah, man. Well, again, thanks for sitting down. I love, so last week, if you missed it, go back, re, uh, re-listen to what the church is, and then this week, what the church does. And I can't wait to see what we do next week. That's we'll great. We'll see you back here on the Creekside Podcast.